0: You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast. Hope you had a nice 4th of July weekend. This is uh, always, it's fun to get back to sort of being uh, human again, right? So anyway, I hope you enjoyed your time and, and got to see the people you haven't seen in years and that kind of thing certainly was the case for me. Before we get started, I do want to remind you of this website uh, that we call WealthFormula.com. WealthFormula.com is the home of the Wealth Formula podcast. Lots of resources there that you should check out. Lots of free stuff, webinars, downloads. It's also where you would sign up for our accredited investor club if you are accredited. And uh, if you decide you want to do some of these things that we talk about on the investment side rather than just listening. Now, of course, you have to be an accredited investor. You have to be part of our network and you have to go through our onboarding process for that. An accredited investor, what is an accredited investor? Well, current definitions include you make $200,000 a year for two years consecutively with a reasonable expectation of continuing to do so That number is $300,000 per year if you're filing jointly or you have a net worth of $1 million outside of your personal residence. And uh, there's some other definitions too with regard to, I think, if you get like a series 65 or series, I don't know, you'll have to look that up. But really, uh, for the most part, it's the, the easiest way to know if you're accredited or not is simply whether you meet those criteria or the uh, wealth standard. Anyway, if you do and you're interested, uh, go to wealthformula.com, join Investor Club there. And that is separate from what we call Wealth Formula Network, by the way. A a number of people have asked about that. Wealth Formula Network's a little different. Wealth Formula Network is our online community. It's for people who like to talk, love to talk about personal finance strategies and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, they're friends and family. Maybe they're not so into it. So trying to find a tribe to do that with, uh, that's what Wealth Formula Network is all about. Now, uh, it starts out with the course. The course itself is uh, really solid. I uh, got some very uh, uh, notable people talking on that, including Tom Wilwright, my CPA. Got a lot of estate planning stuff on there and, and just basics and real estate. It's a foundation, and then the real magic happens, though, uh, with the Wealth Formula Network as you interact with others who've gone through the course and who uh, want to continue the learning process. I really think that that's where you really, uh, the hockey stick uh, growth in your uh, financial education uh, really uh, begins. And so we have this Facebook group, um, which is fine. You know, we, we talk a little bit on there. And then, Really, I think one of the most uh, special things is our biweekly Zoom video call, uh, which uh, is very popular. And I think those who are in it already uh, will attest to the value. I certainly do. I have learned so much from other people on those uh, video calls. Anyway, if you're interested in that, go to WealthFormulaRoadmap.com ignore, uh, the, you know, the, the silly little, uh, video sales video thing on there. I actually didn't write that. It was written by a marketer a few years ago and it's just kind of cheesy. I don't even like it, but you can get the information on the course and the group there. Hopefully you'll sign up, check it out. Wealthformularoadmap.com. Now, one of the things that is important to the entire concept of personal finance is something that's not terribly sexy, you know, because everybody loves talking about how to make money, how to make more money, how to make your investments grow. And uh, then there's people who are making lots of money who are really interested and really like the idea of mitigating uh, taxes, right? How to pay less taxes legally. So we obviously talk a lot about those types of things in this show uh, with the help of some of our experts like Tom Wheelwright. But you know what no one really likes to talk about? They don't like to talk about what happens to that amassed fortune that you're going to have when you die. Of course, that's not everybody. There's some people like me who are ultra paranoid about controlling their legacy. You see, just as an example, you know, the moment my daughter was born, my first daughter, I have three of them, three little ones, and uh, my oldest one's twelve. Uh, As soon as she was born, the first thing I'm thinking to myself is, what am I going to do to make sure she's okay if something happens to me, right? So then I went out and I bought a bunch of term life insurance, not a bad thing to buy. It's cheap. It's easy. And and frankly, it was the only way I knew how to protect her in the event that something happened to me. And for a guy who basically had no wealth at that point at all, uh, it was perhaps my only option, really. Uh, Now, that was, again, 12 years ago, and uh, I was only a year out of surgical training. Since then, luckily, uh, my personal wealth has grown substantially, um, and you know why it has? It has grown because of my own efforts, right? It has happened because of a lot of hard work and a few good breaks. There's no doubt a little luck always helps. And God willing, I still have decades of life uh, and wealth creation ahead of me. Now, I'm creating this wealth for my family and for me. That's who I'm creating it for, right? And any causes also that I may be interested in. So when I die, I want my hard-earned money to go to my children and maybe to some of those causes that I care about. What I don't want is all of this money or a lot of this money going to the government in the form of estate taxes. So I am very much, uh, I got to tell you, estate taxes really bug me. I i don't like it. It's on, it's already on money that has been taxed through the course of somebody's life. And then basically the government comes in like vultures when you die and then tries to pick off more. And to me, it just, it kind of sucks. I, I don't like it at all. But you know what? If you don't start planning now, there's a reasonably good chance that that is exactly what's going to happen to you. Or should I say to your family? I'm talking, of course, about estate taxes. And if you think that you don't make enough money or have enough money or enough wealth, rather, to worry about this, you could be in for a really unfortunate surprise. You see, right now, of course, it probably is the case that for most people even listening to this show, you know, because the estate exemptions are as high as they are. I mean, I think it's like $22 million, $23 million for a married couple that, you know, most people think, well, gosh, you know, it'd be great if I got there, but I'm not too worried about that, uh, and so I'm not going to do anything about it. But remember, estate exemptions right now are as high as they've ever been, and they are very likely to be reduced to the point where I would say the majority of individuals listening to our show, certainly the accredited investor group, all you high-paid professionals out there, uh, would be affected by this. In fact, the current legislation that's out there, and that's been kind of floated for a while has those exemptions going down to as low as $3.5 million. Now, again, maybe that sounds like a lot of money right now. And it is a lot of money, but if you listen to my podcast, there's probably a pretty good chance that you can expect to have at least as much wealth accumulated by the end of your life. Right? I mean, we're not talking about right now. You might be, you know, you're in the accredited investor group, maybe worth two three two three million three, two, $3 million right now, but, I mean, 20, 30 years from now, Mm, yeah, I think you're going to be over that. Now, just imagine for a moment that you've accumulated a decent portfolio of real estate and other kinds of wealth, and you're sitting there, you think, gosh, I've got these great buildings, I've got these hotels, and I'm going to leave something behind to my heirs. Well, if you don't plan correctly, your heirs are not going to get those assets because They're going to have to sell them off just to pay the taxes on your estate. And that is unfortunately what happens because a lot of successful entrepreneurs do not think about this stuff. Uh, Unfortunately, very few people think about this stuff. I, and I think it's because people don't like to think about their own mortality and some are frankly, I think even superstitious and, well, you know, I, I get it. No one really likes to think about that stuff, right? It's not, it's not exactly uh, uplifting to think about. However, here's the thing. You're going to do what you do either way. You're going to make the money anyway. So don't you think that it would be smart that if you can right now do something to structure your wealth in such a way that, hey, your kids won't have to sell off your property. They can actually take it over they can inherit this stuff, that you should just do it? It sure seems obvious to me. Now, current legislation proposed by the Biden administration, I have to say, is trying to make it very hard. Uh, and, and And it will almost seem like virtually impossible for you to plan around these kinds of estate taxes. Now, whether they're able to accomplish that or not, Uh, really remains uncertain. However, you do have a certain window of time right now because right now those things are all legislation. Generally, things are probably going to, if they become law, become law um, next year. So believe me, this is something you ought to be thinking about right now because you can actually potentially do something about it and sort of get grandfathered in in the current law. So uh, to help you understand the issues at hand, I have interviewed uh, Joe Longa, who's one of my uh, estate planning attorneys, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's got a lot to say about this, and I think it's definitely worth your time to listen to every last bit. And even for those of you who are completely new and thinking about, you know, just started making money, there's some very basic things that we're going to go over that you can do today today. Uh, to make sure that you're being a responsible parent or whatever to your heirs, you know? Anyway, uh, make sure to listen and we will have this interview uh, right after these messages. Worried about saving too little too late for retirement? These guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast is no stranger to the show. He's been on a couple times before. His name's Joe Longo. He is a estate planning attorney, And if you think that's a thing that you don't need uh, and uh, sort of nebulous and all that, you're going to learn otherwise today. He's been doing this for 25 years and, uh, you know, with decades of experience with this kind of stuff. And we and practices law in Los Angeles, where he's also been a, a professor and taught in multiple law schools there. Uh, And he's also, most importantly, uh, involved with my personal estate uh, planning stuff. So, Joe, uh, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you, Buck, for having me. It's uh, probably good timing that we have this discussion. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because I think that I was thinking about this, and I don't remember the last time you were on, but it wasn't that long ago. It may have been six months. Who knows? Right. But And it's like I was sitting here starting to do stuff of my own again. And realizing that there is uh, this is a constant moving target, particularly, you know, uh, with the new Biden uh, proposed legislation. And dis- that's a big disclaimer, right? It's all proposed. Right. But uh, but it's but it's important stuff. So but I want to start again with some of the basics. I think it's really important what people um it's always remarkable to me how few people think of estate planning at all. So from the very basic uh, standpoint, what is estate planning and why, why should we even be thinking about it?
1: Well, uh, first off, you want to think about your estate, you know, we're all, we're all busy working every day and, you know, grinding it and, and, and taking care of our family and raising our children. But, you know, this estate planning is really, you know, you know, documenting sort of your exit from your accomplishments in this life and and transferring your assets to your beneficiaries and a, a good estate plan will accomplish that in a very smooth transition without any court action, and it'll also minimize the taxes. Um, because way back before our time, they thought it was a good idea to tax inheritance in some form or fashion. And, you know, there's one school of thought that a lot of people work very hard to create wealth in their estate, and they don't want their children to have to pay a lot of tax upon their exit. So you can think of it as two buckets. One is getting the assets to your children or your beneficiaries, and then two, paying the least amount of taxes on the way there as well.
0: Yeah, so, so backing up a little bit, I always like to tell people the most basic thing, which uh, you probably come across this with high paid professionals, is that, that there are very few people, a number of people just don't know this. They've just have not been given this information. It's not enough to have a will. Why is it not enough to have a will?
1: Well... <laughs> Most lawyers are getting...
0: It's a loaded question. From a very yeah. basic standpoint, yeah. though, I'm basically you're getting... Right it. Now, right now.
1: I think, and, and and I have colleagues in the state of Florida that... that wills have to be probate. That's just the okay, answer. Okay, so what's probate? So, what's probate, probate? is a court action that marshals the assets and debts through a court-supervised action to the beneficiaries. With a living trust, you avoid those court that court action.
0: So what you're basically saying, and then again, if you take nothing from this... Podcast and you say, "Well, I don't need you know all the other stuff they talk about, which I don't think you're right about that, probably for most of you at this point. but you can't just have a will you have you really need a living trust and the reason that you need a living trust is because in uh, effectively what a living trust does is it helps you avoid probate. and why would you want to avoid probate Joe? tell us how bad what pro, what the probate process is and how long it takes and how much it costs yeah
1: yeah it's a it's a in in california it's a very expensive process it's in the the attorney's fees are written right into the uh, probate code and it's around 2% 3% of the gross value of the assets Going through probate, so a million dollar home is going to be 30 grand in attorney's fees, you know, Uh, even that's with no objections. Um, And uh, number two, but the main problem is it, it takes a very long time in most California counties because they're backed up so far. Now, in some states can probate a case in two weeks, not in California. It's not like that. In fact, in L.A. County right now, and Orange County is the same. It's a year and a half and probate and po- COVID has just delayed it even further. They're backlogged forever. So, you know, it's 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 a different process with a living trust. You avoid all that. And it just takes a matter of weeks to transfer the asset, not a ye- year and a half, you know, like we're at now.
0: Right. So what? So a living trust, first of all, not very expensive to do. Right. A couple grand. And, mm-hmm. and you don't need your, it doesn't need its own tax ID. You use your social security number and it's real simple. Anytime you would, you know, sign up for, or, you know, do subscription documents or whatever you're doing accounts, instead of using your personal name, you would use the name of your living trust, right? I mean, it's that simple.
1: It's that simple. That's exactly right. And once you get the hang of it, you really understand that having all your assets in the name of your living trust protects you and your heirs.
0: So if, so if you live in California and you don't have that done yet, go give Joe a call and we'll give you his information at the end. But that's the bare minimum will and living trust, no matter what, because what the last thing you want your family to do in a situation where God forbid you die, especially if it's unexpectedly or something like that is now they've got, um, they, they, you know, they have, maybe at a will or whatever, but then they have to wait a year to actually get what they should be able to easily get. What's supposed to be theirs. a year or two years, who knows how long it takes. So you don't want to put them in that, that position and it's so easy to do. So please do that. Now let's go to more complicated stuff because again, what people I think don't think about very much. And we talked a little bit about this offline Joe is they think of the more you know the more sophisticated estate planning uh, you know strategies is things that they don't really need to worry about because well frankly you know they they don't they don't make enough money or they don't have enough estate but you know the typical listener of this show um i think you know we have a accredited investor group uh with you know probably averaging at least a you know 5 to 6 million dollar net worth i mean and we have a lot of people who are way over that. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the legislation that's coming down the pipe that may make people kind of change their minds. So first of all, what is an estate tax?
1: Yeah. So transfer taxes is just one area of the tax code they're trying to overhaul. You know, that's beyond income tax and everything else that's out there in the ether at the moment. But, uh, a state tax is one type of transfer tax, and as we sit here today, if you pass away today in the tax year of 2021, uh, your heirs can inherit up to 11.7, approximately 11.7 million tax-free. Um, for every dollar above that, it's 40% in tax. Um, and if you're a married couple, you can double that amount, so it's almost you know 24 million. So that's that's where we sit today,
0: but. <laughs> that's, and again, that's where a lot of people are thinking, well, gosh, you know, we're, we're you know, we're, we're not going to be at that number. Right? right. What are, what's the current legislation looking at right now? I've, I've seen a few numbers here. Yeah.
1: yeah we well, yeah, we've had a lot more, yeah. at this point, a lot more questions than answers. Yeah. And we're still trying to get some clarity, like. The green book came out last month, but it didn't from the treasury department, but it didn't talk about a state tax. But then Biden's campaign made mention of 2009 rates, which was three and a half million exemption at, and then from 40% going to 45%. So your heirs could inherit three and a half million, every dollar above that would be 45%. Yep. And then everywhere in between. So,
0: right. And then the 10 to 50 is the 10 to 50 million, which are, we do have a number of people who are in that 10, 20 range, uh, or will be by the end of their lives. It, it goes up to 50%. Right,
1: right. right. It starts to increase. You're right. They've right. layered it up or it starts to increase.
0: Yes. So, so 3.5 million, all of this sudden, that is, gosh, that is a lot more people. That is a lot more high paid professionals who are, who are looking at a potential uh, estate tax problem. And that is why this is uh, so, so very important.
1: Um, and I mentioned one other thing that yeah. you need to consider because this is out there a lot. They think one of the proposals is doing away with the step up and basis.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. And remember that
1: I, right. if you inherit a piece of property, the step up and basis is a really great track, tax savings if you, you know, now they're talking about upon the death of your parents, okay, and you inherit the property, that's a triggering event where you have to pay capital gains tax. And I know this sounds complicated, but capital gains tax, they're trying to take from 20% up to 39% right. somewhere in that range. So, so another death-related trigger.
0: Well, and, and then just from my research here, it says, okay, so I'm gonna I'm going to try to clarify this for people with an example. Okay. So, cap Okay, so typically, okay, so it's just the Biden administration has proposed an uh, elimination of the step-up in basis. So, while it's not been specified, you know, how it would be implemented, it's it's most likely means that upon one's death, a capital gains tax would be imposed upon all unrealized gains that exceed 1 million. So, under the current law, if a person uh, buys a stock for ten dollars, never sells it, and the stock is worth a hundred bucks when the person dies. The ninety dollars of gain is never taxed, and the basis of the stock in the hands of the heirs will be increased. In other words, they don't uh, do that now. Uh, so, t- so basically, you're going from being able to get your kids, you know, that not, you know that profit, to essentially forcing them to sell it so that they can pay the tax at that point.
1: That's exactly what most likely would happen is if you owe the capital gains tax upon the death of your parents, you're likely going to be able to see a lot more assets being sold to cover the tax. Where currently, when you when you inherit the property, there is no capital gains tax. You can hold on uh, to the property. And, uh, you know, again, if you if you consider that along with the estate tax reduction, um, you know, those are two big triggers that, you know, appear to be on the horizon. Now, to me, if you implement both, that does seem like double taxation. So I'm not sure how they would work that out, but they're just two big things that we benefit from today. They're, they're trying to change.
0: So the other thing along that lines, Joe is, and, and I don't know if, if you've thought about this, cause I don't know how many of your clients are, you know, heavily, heavily into real estate, but the, the mantra in real estate is, or in other stuff too is buy, borrow, and die. And specifically us real estate investors rely heavily on the tax benefits of depreciation. So one of the beautiful things about the current law is that uh, upon death, there's a step up in basis, basically resets the basis. So then the the recapture is eliminated. So how would that look? Because now you're talking about a triple whammy. You're talking about capital gains, you're paying recapture and estate taxes.
1: Yeah. So this is all something that, that we're all looking for clarity on. Um, And what can you do now? Um, I think it's just moved up the timeline for some of these estates, especially uh, uh, people with children is the most common example. How do we get some of these assets to the younger generation mm-hmm. to de- to not only delay this, uh, you know, proposed tax changes, but maybe even outlive several administrations to get in a more favorable and tax environment down the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so 2021 would be the year to sort of take a look at your plan and, and let's see what, what, you know, you said real estate. Yeah. Uh, California, a lot of real estate investors, you know, let's see, let's target some real estate and see what we can get transferred to our children during our lifetime, either by gift or, or other transfer and delay any of the implementation of any of these transfer taxes that we're talking about today. That's the most common and, um, um, estate planning, advanced estate planning technique that we recommend implementing is the transfer to the younger generation.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, let me ask you about something else that I just, I read and, and I don't know that I completely understand. So right now it says there's an annual exclusion of $15,000 per donate per year to individuals without any limit on the number of donees. What does that mean exactly? Cause yeah. I, I don't so even really know what that is. There's
1: two kinds of exclusions. So uh-huh. uh, to avoid gift tax, which is another tax. Um, two kinds. One is the annual exclusion that's per year. You can give $15,000 to anyone you want without paying any gift tax. Okay. Every, every dollar about that above that subject gift tax. But the, the more important one and the one we use a lot is your lifetime gift exemption. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the lifetime gift, gift exemption is the 11.7 million that we talked about earlier. And for a married couple, you can double that. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so you can use up that. For instance, I can leave my son $11 million worth of real estate without any gift tax or any tax at all. Or, or I'm sorry, I can gift during my lifetime the eleven million dollars with a real estate because it's under the lifetime gift exemption. I just have to file a gift tax return informing the IRS that I've used eleven
0: million of my eleven point what, seven million. What's the no limit? Tax. Is it the same limit as the estate tax?
1: It sounds very confusing, but it's the same limit as the estate tax. And, um, and then upon your death, if you've used the 11.7 million, you can't use it again. It's, it's credited at the end of your life.
0: So basically it's fronting the estate tax.
1: It's a, exactly. That's a great analogy. You're fronting your estate tax. Yeah. But what, remember with real estate, you know, all the insurance companies say, we're going to live till 85 or whatever their actuary table say. So let's mm-hmm. say you're 60 and you gift, to your, your child. Well, you still have 25 years for that asset to appreciate. And guess what? Upon your death, it's not subject to any of the 40 or 45% estate tax, Mm -hmm. you know, and your child now owns it, you know, estate tax free, you know, so
0: can you, can you continue to control that and benefit from it financially yourself, uh,
1: in, in
0: those situations?
1: Uh, well, technically, uh, technically no, when you make a gift, you no longer own it. Right. Okay. But there are structures, for instance, a family limited partnership, okay, where you could be the general partner, which gives you 100% control, but you only own one, 1%, one percent, and your children own 99%. Okay, mm-hmm. but, you, but you're but you the general partner, so you have, still have 100% control of the property, you know, how, how things are run, just like you do today, but your children actually own 99% of it for estate tax purposes.
0: Got it, got it. I just have so much uh, stuff here and I know I'm just bombarding you with it. So I apologize. Okay. Let's see. So gift exemption reduced to 1 million though is one of the, so that would be the, uh, what you're talking about. The lifetime, gift, the
1: lifetime gift exemption.
0: The lifetime gift exemption, which currently is like, what is essentially 11, 11.7 11 yeah, million. The same thing as the right. estate they're talking right. about making that to 1 million. That's right. That's correct. Right.
1: So again, what could you do between now and the end of the year? You could, you could use up some of your lifetime gift exemption while it's at the high level, by the way, it's the highest it's ever been mm-hmm. uh, in the, during the Obama era. I think it was uh 5.5 million, just to give you an idea of how much higher it is right now.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. There's a mention of an estate generation skipping transfer exemption.
1: What is that? You know, it's, it's the same con it's a similar, same concept. It's just, it's going now instead of gifting to your children, it's somebody, you know, over 18 years younger than you, like your grandchildren. Okay. 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 So you would skip a generation down your grandchildren, which, you know, has different taxes. And I do get a lot of clients who, who like using that lifetime gift exemption for their grandchildren.
0: Sure. 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 That makes sense. Okay. So here's, I have to tell you, so one of the things that I have done as far as planning, and I, you know, I've told people this um, on this show, is, you know, I have what's called a, a dynasty trust, and essentially it's a trust, it's an irrevocable trust called a grant, uh, which is called, considered a grantor trust, means I pay taxes on the, uh, on the income on it, but essentially what it allows me to do is this trust uh, is owned by my daughters, and actually owned actually by their trust. And the initial idea here was that if I, you know, transfer things over there, it comes out of my estate. And that has two benefits. One is obviously, you know, it's streamlines, gets you out of the whole probate issue. The second issue was very much intended for uh, this idea of being able to legally avoid these estate taxes because now it's not in my estate it's actually owned by them now as it turns out it says what i read and, and i don't know if you know again this is joe i apologize i'm pulling the stuff off of google it's almost like having a medical interview where i'm pulling somebody's pulling <laughs> his stuff off and saying what do you think of that right but you get that, yeah so this is a This is. I'm going to read this to you. Revocable grantor trusts, which remove assets from an individual's taxable estate, but are structured so that the individual is deemed to own the trust assets for income tax purposes. By having the grantor pay the income tax, it leaves the trust property intact, while further reducing the grantor's taxable estate. Which is essentially why I did it. Now, the this act would require that grantor trusts be included in the taxable estate of the grantors upon death and any distributions to the beneficiaries would be subject to gift tax. So this proposal would also apply to insurance trusts, which would affect more than just the ultra wealthy. So this is huge because currently, you know, I use the dynasty trust for this purpose. I have islets for insurance trusts. Uh, So are we talking? So essentially what it's saying is all that money they're going to count towards the total estate tax. You're not. It doesn't matter. It's out of your estate anymore.
1: That's right. They they're, they would pull it back into your estate for estate tax purposes. And um, you know these are common techniques that we've used now uh, for a long time. Insurance trusts. You know, putting your life insurance mm-hmm. inside an irrevocable life insurance trust. It's outside of your estate for estate tax purposes. Uh, the dynasty trust that you're talking about. Again, I'm gifting, just like we talked earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I'm gifting assets to that trust, so it's out of my estate for gift there for estate tax purposes. These are two techniques that you know they're thinking about doing. Hey, no, the, the, the grantor who made these two trusts, those assets should go into their estate for estate tax purposes, and we should be taxing those assets. Um, you're correct when you say that's one proposal on the table you know, it's hard to say how that's going to end up. I know the insurance lobby is very powerful in Washington. Um, These islets, as we call them for short, have been around a long time. Um, You know, hard to believe that they would overturn those, that technique. But, you know, again, these are all proposals on the table and it's a little foggy right now on which ones are going to come through and which ones are not.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and the the question, I mean, I I wonder, again, I'm not an attorney, but if something is already out of your estate, I mean, how is it even legal to pull it back into your estate? I don't even know well, that. that
1: uh, you yeah, So in the grand scheme of a state tax law that's changed over the years, they traditionally do not make these retroactive. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason is, is because it's not fair, uh, not only for the people who went to great expense to do this planning and you know maybe their heirs like own a lot of property now. You know you can't get that back. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it's. Um, but you know it's likely that any changes in that part of the tax code would be effective as January first, twenty twenty two. And remember, a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, so any planning done in twenty twenty one would essentially, you know, clear some hurdles. Some it wouldn't because a lot of these estate tax laws are apply to you in the year you die. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2010 was the only year we didn't have any estate tax laws because <laughs> Congress was held up on some other tax and it just was gone. And that was the year George Steinbrenner died. So <laughs> the example we use, so his children inherited the New York Yankees yeah. tax free.
0: So the mortality of, of uh, yeah. the mortality of millionaires and billionaires went way yeah. up. That year,
1: that's right. That was the one year (laughs) in our lifetime where there's no state tax. So, so, but, but again, you know, as we move into the second half of 2021, you got to keep an eye on this stuff, and it, and it's a good time to really sort of look at your plan, look at your children's estates, and if you have younger children like I do. You don't, we're not talking about just giving them assets outright. You can put it in a trust like you did. You put your assets in a dynasty trust. So it's in trust for your children when you pass.
0: Although the challenge there again, is that even that, at least from the looks at it right now, any grantor trust doesn't matter, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you're right. It's on the table. um, And you know, that, that technique may be eliminated and it goes back into your state, you know, Mm -hmm. well, I'll see. Now, do I tell people go ripping up your grantor trusts or your dynasty? No, I probably keep them in place. Um, this is one administration in the last four or eight years. Let's see where this is all headed. You know, um, again, you're young enough where you're probably going to live through several more administrations. Let's see how it goes. I always tell people, you know, there may be a more favorable tax climate ahead if this all changes. Uh, at this point, it seems Biden's trying to make deals and compromise in places. Um, you know, so I, I, the end result may not be as bad as we think. And some of these techniques will still be around. That's why the last quarter of this year is probably really important to get a lot of this stuff done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, the, the good thing, uh, to remember also is that, you know, this is all pending legislation. So it's not like it's been passed and it is a split Congress and, you know, some of this stuff is pretty extreme. I mean, even on the tax side, obviously it's pretty pretty relevant to not only the, you know, ultra wealthy, but a a significant portion of the upper middle class, which I think really changes the ante for even, you know, know, a lot of the Democrats in Congress who are not really wanting to, to hurt that part of their uh, constituency. So as, as a summary, here's what, here's what I'm taking. Okay. And you tell me right now, the, the biggest thing, you know, we talked about it before, if you don't have a, a will and living trust, get that in place Two, start thinking about things we talked about, specifically, you know, some of these techniques with, you know, gifting and stuff, which frankly, I mean, if you gifted something right now, like tomorrow or, you know, next month before ever this law becomes into place. Um, you know, if this when maybe you do one of these family limited trusts that you're talking about, you could basically hopefully uh, avoid that issue altogether because the current law says you can do it up to a certain amount. So you may be ready to in your life uh, do that, uh, pass something on, or also work with a good estate attorney like Joe to to figure out how you can pass it along in ownership, but but still keep the control of it of, of the asset. So. Um, is there anything else that you would, I mean, I, and and of course, right now is the time to make planning. Uh, so if you live in California, you know, contact somebody like Joe or, you know, this stuff isn't just California. This is across the country, right? This is everywhere. Yeah. Well, we've
1: talked about today is mostly, you know, federal tax issues, not state. Um, but you know, just to dovetail on your gifting issue, even just using the annual gift exemption, $15,000 to each child let's just say you put it in a, an account at UBS and you just put it in blue chip stocks, right? Mm-hmm. 15 grand a year, even on it that account will grow um, tremendously over the course of a couple of decades. So that's just simple, a simple good And it's not subject to any estate tax when you pass. So, so it doesn't necessarily need to be the large real estate transactions we were talking to earlier in the show. You could set up let's say you have two children, two individual trusts for your kids and just do the 15 grand a year. That's not subject to any estate tax when you pass. So, you know, even something simple will benefit your children greatly upon your pass. Yeah.
0: Bottom line is you got to do something. And I think the estate tax exemptions are going to affect more and more people. I just, I think that's one of the things that's very likely as Joe mentioned, it's as high as it's ever been. It's going to come back down. And it's very likely to affect you given uh, you're a high paid professional and you've got lots of years to live still. So do something about it. Now, Joe, if you live in California and you want to get in touch with you, how do we do that?
1: Uh, You can either uh, visit my website at uh, www.longolawgroup.com or call me 310-270-9044. And I'd be happy to talk to you over the phone or via zoom or in person
0: now, uh, one of the things I learned from Doug and, and you is that, you know, state uh, attorneys, it's important to have an attorney that's in your state. Why is that? And, you know, how can you find a good one?
1: Yeah. Um, estate planning is state by state. Uh, so, it's, you know, states enact their own laws. Some of it impacts federal income tax or transfer tax rules like we talked about today, but it's state by state. So you're better off where your residency is contacting an attorney in that state. And there's a good uh, website that Doug and I are both members of uh, wealthcouncil.com. And uh, that's a nationwide group of estate planning attorneys. And I routinely go there when I have a client in California that has a piece of property out of state I need some help on. And I've met very good attorneys through that group. But uh, yeah, the wealth council is a good good resource for uh, estate planning attorneys.
0: Joe, uh, thank you so much for giving us this update. And I think as we hopefully we'll get you back on once we actually have some resolution on which way this is going, hopefully it'll, it'll be early enough for us to take some more definitive action.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Buck. Thank you very much for having me today.
0: We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hopefully uh, that wasn't too depressing. Uh, the good news is that you still have time for some planning, make sure that you, you know, if you live in California, certainly I, I, I think Joe's a great guy. Contact Joe, um, or, you know, go to that website that he mentioned, try to find a good estate planning attorney. Uh, you, if you're working with Doug Laudmel, Doug also has a lot of connections, um, throughout the country, uh, on the estate planning side because Doug only does, uh, assets. Um, but definitely guys, I, I would tell you that this is something that I really, really hope some people take to heart. I mean, I have some really, uh, good friends who are very wealthy and they just, I just know they're underplanned and and I know their kids and I just feel bad for them. So hopefully, hopefully you, my friends are out there listening to this podcast and I don't have to say it to you directly, uh, get your act together. Anyway, that's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time.